0: to Psalm 40 in just a moment we're going to read verse 6 through 8 the title of our message this morning Twas the night before Christmas next week the title of the message will be "Twas the day of Christmas and then two weeks out we'll conclude our twas series with it was the day after Christmas you're going to catch it from all three time zones, past, present, and future. Psalm chapter 40, beginning with verse 6 through 8. The words of the psalmist as he conveys to us what was on the mind of Jesus the day before the first Christmas. What was Jesus thinking about? What was on his mind, what was in his heart, what was of concern to him as he prepares to leave heaven to come to earth, as the Son of God prepares to become the Son of Joseph and Mary, as the Sovereign of Glory prepares to come as a sacrifice of gore to this world. Listen to what the psalmist says. These are the thoughts of Jesus himself. As recorded by the psalmist and confirmed by the writer of Hebrews. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. Then I said, behold, I come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God, O my Father, and your law is within my heart. Most of us have heard the Christmas story many times. Most of us have read the Christmas story many times. We know about Joseph and Mary. We know how they traveled from Nazareth to Bethlehem, a journey of 90 miles or more, over a span of seven days, over very difficult terrain, with Mary very late into her pregnancy. We know all about Joseph and Mary. We know all about the innkeeper, the man who had no time or place for Mary to give birth, except in a stable full of barnyard animals that was on the backside of his property. We know about the shepherds, who when they were told by the angel of the birth of Jesus, they came and they rejoiced. And Baptist folks, it's okay for us to rejoice every now and then too. What does that mean? It means you can smile. <laughs> it means you can say amen. We're not going to haul you out for being happy. The wise men, we know about them. How they saw that supernatural star in the sky, and that scar they followed. till they came to Jesus, and there they worshipped him with very precious gifts. We know about King Herod, and how this wicked king planned and plotted to murder baby Jesus. This morning, 20 days out from Christmas... I'm going to share another facet of the Christmas story that you probably have never heard before. It's not Joseph's perspective, it's not Mary's perspective, it's not the innkeeper's perspective, nor is it the shepherd or the wise men or the King Herod's perspective. It's the perspective of Jesus himself. In our verses we just read, and I repeat... Jesus is thinking about the first Christmas that is going to take place the next day. The eternal Son of God is preparing to leave heaven and enter our world through a virgin birth. And this is what he's thinking. He's thinking about how he who is God is about to take on flesh and become a man. You might say this message is Christmas according to Jesus. Notice the three things the psalmist tells us that Jesus is thinking about. The night before the very first Christmas. This was on his mind. This was in his heart. This is important for him to convey to us. The psalmist tells us in verse 7, if you have your Bibles open again, that the Lord Jesus was reminding us, he wanted to remind us of the fact that while he was going to be born the next day, that first Christmas, he did not begin that day. He did not begin that day. Notice verse 7, the thoughts of Jesus. He says, behold, I come. Behold, I come. Now, this phrase, behold, I come, is speaking of the fact that somebody is about to change locations. They're alive here, but they're about to change locations and be alive there. They're moving, you might say. They're changing addresses. And the Lord Jesus wants us to know That when he was born that first Christmas day, he did not begin that first Christmas day. He already existed. He was the eternal God of heaven. As now he is preparing to become a man. He's just changing locations from glory to here. Listen carefully. The Lord Jesus is eternal God. Have you got that? It's very important you understand that. Because there's a lot of folks out there who will try to tell you that's not true. We call them cultists. You say, Pastor, what's wrong with the Jehovah Witness? What's wrong with the Mormons? What's wrong with some of these cultic groups? I'll tell you one of the things that's wrong with them. They deny the deity of Christ. And that's not something that's minor, that's major. And I suggest to you, if you deny that Jesus Christ is God and a human being, you cannot be saved and go to heaven. Because he says he is. God always reveals to us who he is. In John chapter 8, verse 58, Jesus speaking to the people of his day and to the religious leaders of that day. He says, before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was ever born, I was God. And I'm still God. And they tried to kill him for saying that. John opens up his gospel, the fourth gospel, with a declaration of who Jesus is. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. And who's the Word? Jesus. Just put his name there. In the beginning was the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus was with God. And the Lord Jesus was God. So as Jesus is thinking about his birth that is going to occur the next day. The very first Christmas. He wants to make sure that everyone understands. While that was his birthday to become a human being. That was not his beginning. He was God in the beginning and he will be God in the end. But there is no beginning and ending for him. He's always God. Always God. I know we can't understand that because in our mindset, something has to have a beginning. You have to have a beginning, Pastor. He doesn't have a beginning, he's always been God. He doesn't have an ending, he'll always be God. And at Bethlehem, he, God, became a man. Get it down big, plain, and straight. Jesus Christ is 100% God. And he lived in heaven. At the first Christmas, he became 100% man. And chose to live down here among us to build his tent and dwell with us. For 33 and a half years. Jesus Christ is a God man. 100% deity. 100% humanity. Wrapped up into one person. Behold he comes. He came from heaven as God. To earth to become a man. Have you got that? See that was important for him to, to think about. And to share with us. But notice in verse 6, something else he was thinking about. He was not only thinking about us understanding that while he would be born that first Christmas, he didn't begin that first Christmas. He's always been, he'll always be. He was God then, he's God now. But notice in verse 6, he also wants us to know something else. On that first Christmas, and this was on his mind, He came to take away our sins. Interesting. He's he's about to be born the next day, the Christmas story, but he's already thinking 33 and a half years later to the Easter story. The one who's going into a cradle the next day is already looking to the cross. He came. Take away our sins. Look at verse 6. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. Burn offering and sin offering you did not require. Now what's he making reference to? For hundreds of years, the religious leaders of Judaism said if the nation wants to be forgiven of its sin, if the people of the nation want to be forgiven of their sin, sacrifice of animals would have to occur. Bulls will have to be sacrificed on an altar and their blood shed. Goats would have to be sacrificed on an altar and their blood shed. Lambs would have to be sacrificed on an altar and their blood shed. If you're poor, pigeons would have to be sacrificed on the altar and their blood shed. Through the sacrifice of these animals, thousands upon thousands, ten thousands, hundred thousands, millions, through the sacrifice of these innocent animals, the shedding of their innocent blood, sinful man could be forgiven temporarily. There's no animal that can be sacrificed for the permanent atonement of our sins. There's no blood that can be shed by an animal that will permanently cover our iniquities. That's why it had to take place continually over and over and over and over again. For over 1,500 years, these sacrifices went on. Millions of animals died and their blood flowed. But man still was not forgiven. His sins were not covered. Because an animal and the blood of an animal can never pay for the sins of man permanently. So as Jesus looks at the next day, the first Christmas. He's not thinking about the cradle. He's thinking about the cross. He's thinking about who he was going to come to be. Mary's little boy was the Lamb of God. It's no coincidence, it's no accident that when John the Baptist was baptizing in the Jordan River, he paused and he saw Jesus coming. And he said one of the most remarkable statements found in the Gospels. He said, Behold, the people around him, behold, look over there, look at him, here he comes. Pointing to Jesus, he said he's the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. That one right there. He's going to do for you what no bull can do for you, what no goat can do for you, what no lamb can do for you, what no pigeon can do for you. He's going to do with his blood what no blood of an animal can do. He's going to come and permanently forgive you of your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. That's Him. That's Jesus. I wonder what the priests must have thought. When they sacrificed all these animals and shed all of that blood. I wonder did they really understand that it was really a waste of time. That while... They were told to do it. It really had no purpose except just something temporary, a stopgap measure. Hebrews 4.11 says, Every priest stands ministering daily, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin. Hebrews 4.8, It is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could ever take away the sins of man. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 18 and 19. Knowing that you were not redeemed. You were not saved with corruptible things. Like silver or gold. That comes out of your aimless conduct. Received by tradition from your fathers. Your salvation. Comes from the precious blood of Christ. Who becomes the lamb without spot or blemish. God's plan. As Jesus is preparing for that first Christmas the next day, God's plan is a final Lamb of God will come. And He once and for all and forever, fully, freely, finally, will die for the sins of you and I and for all men. He will shed His blood to cover the sins of you and I and all men. And his name would be Jesus. So, as we are thinking about this Christmas, I don't think we're thinking about all of that, are we? Jesus was thinking about he was coming as the Lamb of God. He was thinking about, fast forward 33 and a half years later, that's where he would be. The Lamb of God would be hung on the altar called a cross and there the sins of the world would be put on him and he would suffer and bleed and die that you and I who were dead in our sins and trespasses could have his righteousness in life you know when we have children we never know how they're going to turn out it can be a roll of the dice sometimes even among the best Do you know the Father knew exactly what was going to happen to the Son? There was no guessing. There was no maybe, might be, could be. There was no uncertainty. There was no surprises. God the Son was going to carry out the will of God the Father and God the Father done told him what was going to happen. Every day for 33 and a half years that Jesus lived in this world, The shadow of the cross followed him every step of the way. His eyes not only saw what human eyes could see, his divine eyes always saw the cross. Because every step he took, that's where he was going. But he took those steps and he took them with love and he took them with courage. And when he was hanging on that cross and he cried out, It is finished. He was saying it all. The sacrificial system of slaying animals, it's finished. The shed blood of animals for the atonement of sin, though it be temporary, is finished. I, the Lamb of God, am offering the final sacrifice to God. I'm giving myself, I'm shedding my blood for the permanent atonement for all sin. Never again will an animal need to be sacrificed. Never again will its blood be spilled on an altar. Because I, the Lamb of God, am going to spill mine on that cross. Because of that, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then lastly, we're getting a picture of what Jesus was thinking about. The second member of the Holy Trinity. As he sits in heaven on a throne... As the angels are around him, he's thinking these thoughts because the next day he's coming into this world. He wants people to understand this is not his beginning. This is his birth. God is changing locations and becoming a man. Heaven is now going to become earth. And he's coming to die. Absolutely coming to die. The cradle and the cross will almost touch. And then lastly, he comes to do the will of God. He's thinking about the will of God. Look at verse 8. He says, I delight to do your will, O my God. Lord, I'm about to come into the world. The world that you have, have told me, it's your will that I come into. And all the things that you've told me that will happen, it's your will. And I want to do your will. Not my will, but your will be done. I delight to do your will, oh my God. What was God's will for Jesus one day before that first Christmas? It was to become a man. God would become a man. That was God's will. God would become a man through a virgin birth. That was God's will. God would become a man through a virgin birth and be born in a stable full of barnyard animals. That was God's will. Jesus would be put in a feeding trough. The bread of life would be put in a feeding trough where animals ate. That was God's will. He would be forgotten by everybody around him. People have short memories. They would soon forget about this Messiah that was born in the stable. It was God's will that Herod try to kill Jesus. It was God's will that Jesus and his parents, Joseph and Mary would flee to Egypt to be protected from Herod. It was God's will that he would be rejected by his own people. He came to his own but his own received him not. It was God's will that he be hated by the religious leaders, mocked by the Romans, beaten to the point of death and then the Finished off on the cross at Calvary. That was God's will. Jesus understood the will of God. He was God. He knew what lied ahead for him. But he wanted to do the will of God. No one else was qualified to do it. No one else was willing to do it. No one else was available to do it. God's will for Jesus was to die for you and me. And it required him becoming a man. Because only a God-man could do what is required that you and I be permanently forgiven of our sin. So now you see what he was thinking about that first Christmas. He thought about his birth. He thought about his death. And he thought about God's will. That's what was on his mind. The next day he would come into this world. And the Christmas story as we know it would begin. But now you've got the Paul Harvey of it. The rest of the story. A little boy was being taught about the Christmas story. In his kindergarten class. And the teacher asked the boys and girls, What would you give to Jesus if he was here? What would you give to Jesus? And the little boy raised his hand and he said, If if, if I was a shepherd, I, I would give Jesus a lamb. I'd give him a lamb out of my flock, said the little fellow. And then he paused and said, But I, I'm not a shepherd. And then he paused a moment he said, if, if, if I was a wise man, I, I'd give Jesus a gift. I, I don't have any gold, but if I had it, I'd give it to him or any, anything else I had. But I, I don't, I, I'm not a wise man and I, I don't have any gifts to give Jesus. And then he says, if I was the innkeeper, I'd give Jesus my room. I'd have give him a room. But I'm not the innkeeper. little boy's thinking though. He says. I do have something I can give Jesus though. And if he was here I'd give him this. I'd give him my heart. This Christmas have you given Jesus your heart? Before he was born you were on his mind. The Lamb of God was slain before the foundations of the world. It was God's plan that His Son would go through what His Son went through. That you and I could be permanently forgiven of our sins. Our sins could be permanently atoned for. We could be cleansed. We could be covered. We could become sons and daughters of God and we could go to heaven. Jesus, have you given Him your heart? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed.